It's nothing specific with Trevor David Houchin. You know, I I can barely put in words like how much I'm annoyed by technology. I can't I can't express really the frustration that I experience with my smartphone on a daily basis. I mean, just just turning the thing on and getting the the maps the maps app to just come up on the phone. I swipe the phone and I press the the, the, the maps app thing, nothing happens. It's like I gotta press it six times for the thing to just show up on the screen. And then <clears throat> and then there's the fact that every time I pick the phone up, you know, if it's on the table and I pick it up, it does something funny. It 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 I don't know, it changes, the screen changes, the volume changes, the YouTube video that I was watching stops, the, the something, it, it, it just doesn't do exactly what you want it to do, not to mention, you know, when you're driving and you've got the map thing going, so it's giving you directions, and you're having a conversation at the same time, it's as if the phone knows when the other person is talking, because the moment the other person starts talking, the Maps app starts giving you directions, so you can't understand either one, and that makes me want to drive off into a ditch. I got Japan Pimp on the phone. Japan Pimp, what's going on? Hey Trevor, how you doing? I'm trying to deal with the technology, bro. It just, <clears throat> it just doesn't seem to, I, you know. Listen, I've never even downloaded music. You know, I've never even, I have no idea how to download music. I have no idea how to pay for music streaming I don't really know what music streaming is, uh, you know. So I'm. You ask me how I'm doing. I'm trying to deal with <clears throat> a day's worth of, you know, minuscule technology blunders that I just go through every single day. I haven't learned how to swipe properly. That's what it seems like. Like I don't quite know how to swipe properly, and that seems fundamental in today's technology and I, I can't seem to get the swipe thing right. Anyway, how you doing man? I'm doing okay. You know, Trevor, it sounds like you have a little bit of OPS right there. What's OPS? Old people syndrome. Oh I, I, I embrace it, brother. I embrace my old <laughs> my old people's <laughs> syndrome. I am fully aware of you know, I'm one of these guys that goes around saying this new music sucks. <laughs> you know, I'm one of those guys. I'm one of the guys that's like, what are these? What are these young people saying? You know, these young people need to stay out of the street and stop protesting and get a goddamn job. That's what I find myself. That's the that's the demographic that I find myself moving to. Um, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, man. Yeah. Old people. That's me. Remember when we were kids and our parents would ask us to program the VCR? 
and, and, and now we've become our parents today with all these smartphones and computers. It's like, how, how do I download music? What do I do? And we give it to like, I swear, you could roll into an elementary school tomorrow, give your phone to a seven-year-old, and they just hook you up with whatever you need. You know, and so what? Can that seven-year-old, like, you know, um, box? Can he box? Do you think he, do, do, do you know, can he, do you think he can run faster than you could when you were seven years old? So what? He knows how to program a phone. Like, is that the same thing as like growing carrots or, or, you know, he can pro, so what? That's my, that's the way I feel like, so what? You know how to download music. Like, so what? What's that? I don't know. You know, uh, you know, I. It's my circle of life, bro. So, it's raining here in Atlanta. What about on your side of the country? It's been raining here for like three days. Oh, yeah. You know, we've been having some good rain. Which is good. It's putting out these West Coast wildfires. And, you know, it's also raining in Japan. I don't know if you know a guy named William Cody Zeese. Um, he, no. You don't know William? Okay, well, he, he's kind of a Nagoya legend. I was just talking to him. He's in Tokyo now. And uh, he says it's raining over there. So uh, it's weird. Maybe it's raining all over the whole world. Maybe the whole world right now, it's raining. And that, you know, that wouldn't be so surprising to me. You know what I mean? You know, we need a, we, we need a bunch of rain around the world to wash some of this stuff away. Uh, speaking of uh, Nagoya, isn't that where isn't that where you um, uh, that's where you first landed, right? When you went to Japan. Yes, sir. Yeah, at the Chubu Airport, or or is that what it's called now? No, that's what it was called then. No, it's, it's Nagoya International Airport now. Yeah, so it was Chubu back then. Chubu International. Yeah, that's where I landed, man. That's where it was. Uh, October eighth, two thousand three. October eighth. 2003 that's when I landed in Japan for my very first to begin my adventure there October 8th bro how about you yeah, Japan, Nagoya, yeah I, I got there in 2006 Nagoya is a is, is a strange place compared it, it's kind of this it, it's almost a little time capsule it's kind of like the, the hairstyles and the way that the you know, the mannerisms of people, they're like uh, kind of in a different plane than Tokyo or Osaka. You know, my wife, she's from Kanagawa, which is right outside Tokyo, and she incessantly makes fun of Nagoya and Nagoyans and the fact that I'm ostensibly from Nagoya. You know, my wife has yeah. never said a kind word about Nagoyans in the seven years that I've known her and but you see for me the thing is that's the only Japan I know I went to Osaka of course I went to Kyoto I went to Tokyo you know I, I, I went over I, I did a little bit of traveling inside Japan but not long enough in any other city to be able to sense a difference in terms of um, personality or mannerism or you know um, personality I, 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 Nagoya is all I know, so that's my normal Japanese, I guess, you know, prototype. But I, from what I understand, <laughs> Nagoyans are anything but normal Japanese. 
wife married you, so I no go yet. I no go yet. yet. Say it again. Say it again. I said your wife married you, so in essence, she married someone from Nagoya. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, I I agree. She's, you know, she's not from Nagoya. You know, basically, she's the only Japanese woman I've ever dated that wasn't from Nagoya, and I can say she's decidedly different in several ways, but. I liked Nagoya women. I, I I liked them. I liked what they had to offer. So, though my wife is different than them in several ways, she's all she also embodies a lot of the great qualities that I I think are inherent to Japanese women, no matter what city they're from. I I think there's a certain list of values and things that all Japanese women kind of embody, regardless of what city they're from. And my wife has those, and so did you know the Nagoya women that I that I met. What about your experience? Uh, yeah, the um, you know I first touched down in Tokyo actually um, on the outskirts of Tokyo, um, and stayed there for a little while, then went down to Nagoya six months later. So you for four years. you arrived in Tokyo. You arrived in Tokyo in 2006. Stayed there for six months and then moved to Nagoya. Then moved to Nagoya, Nagoya and stayed there six, uh, four years, and then bounced out of Nagoya and went to um, Shizuoka, and then after Shizuoka went to um, Tokyo again. So, what brought you to Nagoya to begin with? What brought? You, what was your initial reason to go to Nagoya from Tokyo? Oh, that's that whole uh, thing we talked about in our last episode. Uh, uh, you know, divorcing my first wife and editing the, the, the Jehovah's Witness organization, did all that, and then uh, in the process of doing that, I had to get my own apartment. So I hung out near um, Nakamura Cohen. Nakamura Cohen, which is in Nagoya, and um, I had an apartment there, and that's where that's where I camped out for a while, and then uh, but, when but, things settled, then. But why Nagoya? Why didn't you go to Kyoto? Why didn't you go to Hiroshima? Why didn't you go to you, you know Yokohama? Why oh, did you um, go to Nagoya? Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Because the Jehovah's Witnesses, the the whole plan was to go to Japan with my first wife and use that as a. A learning lesson or a springboard into missionary work that she wanted to do in Africa or someplace. So we found a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall. We we researched the Kingdom Halls throughout Japan and found an English-speaking Kingdom Hall that needed a lot of help. And that and the one that needed the most help was in Nagoya. Wow. So that's why we went there. Super interesting, bro. What what a what a fortunate. Um combination of you know they had a need you know and and you were you were qualified and and prepared and ready to go fill that need that's such a that's such a fortunate like connection of needs do you understand what i'm saying yeah yeah it, it all just came together like that and then 
look, I mean, I was there for two years, and then I think about that, about the time that I met you, about two years into my Novoya stay. You know, <clears throat> I think the first place I saw you was at a barbecue at Shonai Ryokuchi Cohen. Is that what it's called? The, uh, I think so. Shonai, I, I it's, it's, it's a park. Shonai Cohen. You know, that's that's what I know of. That's how I know it in short. I think it was at a barbecue. I think I remember looking at you thinking, this guy's got some big arms. Whoa. Look at this guy's arms. You, you had some... Oh, yeah, I was yoked out. You had some guns, man. You had some guns. I was yoked out, yes. With, uh, uh, with, uh, uh, the only reason I was, I was exercising and yoked out is I was just trying to get the ladies. Let's just be honest. Of course, brother. Of course. You know, of course. Of course. You want to stay in tip-top shape so that you can attract whom you want, when you want, easier, of course, you know, that's, you know, of course, of course, me too, you know, I, I you know, I, I was in decent shape, and I tried to keep myself in decent shape my whole time in Japan for that very reason as well, so I could, you know, so the women would be attracted to me, and, you know, I'd be able to, you know, deliver the goods when the time came, so, yeah, com- com- yeah. completely understood, I mean, so, you know, a lot easier to stay in shape in Japan than over here in the States. I mean, the diet, the food's better over there. It's yeah. healthier. Yeah. You're walking a lot. Yeah, bro. You're riding your bike a lot. You know, like that's you're, a... Just, you're burning it all day. Dude, you're burning it all day in Japan. And, you know, I think that's something that people... I don't know if they're aware of that, but I had no idea how much more active I would be in Japan than... I am here. Like you said, in Japan, bro, from the moment I woke up, I was hustling. I was hustling to the train station or hustling to the bus station or hustling on my bike, riding my bike across town to some school, some lesson, some event, you know, back and forth, back and forth from events like the events that, for example, that you and um, you, you were throwing in Imaike, <clears throat> you know, uh, you and JP were throwing these events in Imaike, and that was one of my, um, one of the stops on my daily itinerary of what I was doing in, in Nagoya, you know, I had lessons, and then I would come to you guys' event to, to watch the event, or I had a picnic, or I was meeting somebody in Sakai, or something, you know, I was constantly on the go, burning whatever food I had put in me and like you said generally speaking the food that you're putting in you is just so much more wholesome and natural so much more closer so much more close so much closer to the earth than the food that we get here do you get what I'm saying just the food was a whole lot less adulterated it's not processed you know you're not eating like uh you know uh IHOP pancakes and, and, you know, fucking uh, uh, McDonald's stuff. You're eating, like, they'll cook you a piece of meat with some salad and some soup, and it's like you're basically getting dinner for breakfast and stuff. Yeah, and it's all, like you said, they, 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 they cook it. You know, nothing's, nothing's really processed, you know, like the soups, the, uh, you know, the fish, whether it's, um, you know, 
you, you whether you're at like even a donut shop, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man, Mister Donuts. That was not happening for me. I mean, the donuts were okay. I got used to them, but you know, I, I, I was a huge. It's so funny. I was a huge fan of Mister Donuts, Miss Doe. Japanese call it Miss Doe. I was a huge <laughs> fan of Miss Doe, bro. I loved him. I loved those donuts, and I loved hanging out there. I had several dates there, you know, hanging oh, out yeah. with some yeah. Japanese chick, just eating a donut and talking, whatever. Really, really good times, man. Really good times. I mean, yeah. you know, how's how's your wife, man? How's your wife right now? Your 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 wife is Japanese. Am I? Can I ask how old she is? Uh, yeah, she's 40, fuck man, I forgot, 42, uh, yeah, 42. Your wife's 42, she's perfect Japanese MILF age, bro, your wife is perfect oh, man. Japanese MILF yes. age. I love them in their 40s, but you know what, she, um, she's one of those... They got a saying in Japan, otoko no naka no otoko. It means like the man among men. And she's like, sainayatsu no naka no sainayatsu. She's like the nerd among nerds. Like, she's even a nerd. Japanese people even think she's a nerd. Like, like she's just like, <laughs> I mean, it's intense. But yeah, we um, we met at Shooters, and it was... You remember Shooters? Oh, of course, of course. Shout out oh, Chris. Shout out Chris Zaratkowitz and and Shooters. And okay. Down at Fushimi <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we um, actually we met on Mixi, that, that that Japanese website where everyone is like Japanese Facebook. And um, we met on Mixi actually. I was just browsing because you can search by age and gender and all that stuff on Mixi. So I searched for a bunch of women between a certain age in my area, in Nagoya. And I sent a message to all of them. And I was just like, hey, look, I got my age of 10, my, which is permanent residency in Japan. I'm, I'm recently divorced. I'm a business owner. You know, Shacho with my little Shacho business card. And stuff. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go out for coffee. Dude, I got like, I sent out 500, I sent it out to 500 women, 30 or 40 responded, I went on 30 or 40 dates in a matter of a couple of months, and she was one of them, and we went to shooters. What? Brother, hold on, hold on, there's a siren. I mean, that is insane that's insane you went on 30 or 40 dates but you know what knowing what i know about japan you posting that ad on mixi of course you're going to get some responses you know you, of course because there's such a wide range of japanese women who would love the opportunity to meet and hang out with a foreign dude who's got his own business who's got his you know permanent residency who's who can obviously speak the language of course you're going to get a high percentage of very high quality probably of those 30 or 40 dates you, you tell me what what was the quality of women that you met that you went out with all of them were japanese yes you know oh yeah yeah i mean when you're uh when we were there at the time uh when you and i were there i mean look if you're gonna date you're, you're obviously basically japanese i mean one in a thousand might be a foreign gal but she's only there for a couple of months and she's out so you're dating japanese um uh, the the quality you know, 
the age range was was all pretty much 20s and 30s. 30s was pushing it. Like the oldest would be like early 30s. Um, but they're all looking to get married before they're 30. And you got to understand, I approached it the way Japanese approach dating, not the way Americans approach dating. So you know how they, you know, in Japan they get uh, a lot of people still do this. They they they, they look at profiles of matches like a resume. They got their picture on that. They got their blood type. They got their job. They got their family stuff on there where they're from. All that stuff, and they look through all these people, find one they like and want to date. So I kind of approached it that way. That's clinical. That's clinical. I'd say that's kind of yeah. like a, a clinical approach to dating. But hey, brother, I am so so not mad at that. I I have no problem with that. That's no different than what you see happening right now on with online dating. You know, that's it's the same exactly. thing. You just put your profile exactly. out there. That's right. So I, you know, I'm not mad at that. So I mean, tell me about some of those dates. I mean, what were the more memorable ones? Like, um, well, you know, I gotta tell you, I, I gotta tell the listeners the story because this is this is crazy, and you'll get a good laugh, and um, you'll uh, it'll it'll offer some insight into uh, how Japanese women roll. But um, so I put this ad out there. It wasn't really ad; it's just I I spammed. 500 women. You know, I did uh, the same thing though. I did I did the same thing with my wife at the International Center at the at, in, in Nagoya. Mm-hmm. I put up an ad in the, in the in, in the International Center saying, you know, hey, I want to do a language exchange. And I met probably, you know, half a dozen, 12 women and my the woman who became my wife was one of them. So this is not so um, unheard of your story. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty normal, and I think Japanese respond well to it because sure. meeting people is very much like an interview process. Sure. Um, it just is, so it's I, sensible. I, I, you know, it's sensible. It's sensible. It's a little bit, you know, it's it's honest. It's direct. It's, it's what's the word? It's a little bit um, um, traceable. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're 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 so random. You're like you said, you're sort of presenting your resume and your information as to who you are, what you're doing, exactly what you're looking for, where you're from. It's, you know, it's it's a logical, simple, you know, direct, honest way to present yourself. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. I, you know, I I applaud it. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's a different approach than, than the American approach where, where you know, you, you meet someone and there's butterflies and sparks and you marry that person because you love them, because you feel this deep emotional feeling. When you when you use that word in Japan and you start getting romantic with women, they, I had a lot of them laugh at me. Me too. Joking about Americans and they would laugh and say, I love you. While joking, like I love you, and they right. think it's silly, and they would tell me, "Listen, why do you people, meaning Americans, marry someone because of love or because of how you feel? What happens when those feelings change? You should be marrying someone because they're a good match, and, and, and thus they approach it through more of a analytical uh, style." I had the same effect, bro. I had lots of women that I dated. I wouldn't go as far as to say laugh at me, but, you know, 
question like, hey, what's this crazy romantic love drive-in movie bullshit you guys are doing? Like, how fucking old are you? How old is your whole society? Are you guys being serious? Like, it's cute. It sounds fun, but like... You know, for 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 a life for a lifetime partner, you know, get serious. You know, who who are you dealing with? That's that's what's, you know, where is this person coming from? What you know, what kind of job do they have? Let's keep it real. You know, like what what are their intentions? What how much money can they make in this society? How old are they? You know, what, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more precise and a little bit more, just sensible for the doings of a relationship but you know the american style of like you said you know love you know butterflies love romance dating falling in love then getting married it doesn't take in it doesn't take it doesn't take real life into account all all it does to take into account is those feelings those temporary feelings that movies and tv shows and songs you know um continue to reinforce the idea that we should fall in love in this in some magical random way you know it could be as it could be as random as you crossing the street and you see a girl who's got a big booty and you holler <laughs> you holler at her crossing the street and try to get her number and then maybe you succeed and then you take her on a date or something and then you want to obviously as a man you want to try to get sexual with her then you might find yourself quote unquote falling in love with her falling in love with this person you met crossing the street whose background you know you don't really know anything about their their you know their intentions like the whole romantic random way of coupling up here in America seems to me to be so 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 facetious so so shallow and you know with such high expectations but without the foundation to like have those high expectations am i making any sense at all am i making any sense yeah. You know, you are making sense. You know, when you tell women in Japan, you know, you have, you know, you, you love them and you have feelings. It's like it's exactly what you said earlier. They don't take you seriously. They're kind of like, stop playing around. That's for high school kids. Tell me how you're going to provide for me. Tell <laughs> right. Me, tell me what your, tell me yeah. What your plans are. What job how much money do you have in savings yeah can you even pay for a wedding yeah it's, it's like they go, do you have a car like like what's your blood type yeah they, they go through all that and, and it's like it, you know if, if you come at them all romantic it actually pushes them away because they're like look this guy's just he's just playing around he's not serious he thinks this is a movie well you know but that's what i did with my first wife because listen you know i don't know if i'm allowed to say this i don't want to get myself in any trouble but my, my first wife and I really, it was a romance. It was a whirlwind romance of a movie type. Like we both seemed to allow each other to, to indulge ourselves in this romantic movie thing. 
and neither of us really went the practical Japanese route. We didn't do that. We 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 allowed the the movie, you know, th- thing and theme to sweep both of us off our feet, and suddenly we're married. And then real life began. Not, you know, neither one of it, neither one of us was prepared for it. And you know, our marriage ended in divorce. Well, you know, it often does. When, when you look at Americans, what's our divorce rate? 50%? Some yeah. Say 60. Yeah. When you, uh, because we all get married based on an emotion. Emotions change, bro. You can get married because of how you feel today. And then, you know, uh, uh, 12 months later, it's like, man, let's get divorced. Why not? I don't love you anymore. Wow. That, so that's the reason we got married. And that's the reason for the divorce. But then you look at Japan, the divorce rate's what? It, it was 10% or lower for a long time. It's creeping up a little bit because they're getting some Western influence there and, and some laws are changing. But um, they stay married. Yeah. You, you know what they tell? They expect their partner to to have a, 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 you know, a little koibito on the side and go to the love hotel and just come home before the last train and all that stuff. But they don't divorce because they both made a commitment and they're both doing holding up their end of the problem. That's so, that's so true, Brother, that that's so true, and that's so key, and that's so, for me, that's so interesting and, like, dual-sided, because what you just described is the fact that Japanese people, when they get married, their, their divorce rate is so low, because they've gone into the marriage with the understanding that it isn't a lifelong romance. What it is, is a partnership and within this partnership, each partner has specific duties to to carry through in order to hold together the marriage. You do your duties, I'll do my duties, and we'll stay married. We'll, 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 we'll keep this institution of marriage that we've built between us. We'll keep it for like forever. We'll do that as long as the two of us do our duties with or without this romantic love american relationships burden each other and themselves with the need to maintain this fake romantic lifelong lifelong romantic love you you gotta keep that up you know, you uh, remember when we first met, you used to bring me flowers and chocolate and wine and dime and all that stuff. You don't do that stuff anymore. You can't keep that game up your whole life. No You're way. Here with that stuff. No and way. You know what? You know what I really like about Japanese re- uh, relationships, you know, men and women when they get married, it's like they'll tell each other, maybe not with words, but they'll use the unspoken words. They'll, they'll read the air, right? Kuki o yomu, right? They'll read the air and they'll be like, listen. Um, nigger, if you want to go catch some vibes with somebody or go catch some feelings, go go get a little thing on the side. Just you know, just know that just know where your responsibilities lie. Sure. And get your ass home. Sure, sure. That's that's never quite spoken, but there is definitely the understanding that you know if if it goes that way, it just goes that way. I mean, the whole. What, 60-70% of the Japanese sex industry is geared towards um, satisfying men who 
are not having sex with their wives. You know, the love hotel uh, and vice versa and vice versa. Women who are not having sex with their husbands, vice versa. The entire love industry, love hotel industry, the entire love hotel industry. People say people say men cheat their dogs on stuff, but men don't cheat with themselves. It takes someone to cheat. With, they need to cheat with somebody. So for every man that's cheating, there's a woman. And I always, when I first moved to Japan and then I started dating and all that stuff, I'll be serious. I'll, I'll be honest. Honestly, I was. And this is my my completely honest um, stab at an estimate. And I've gone over this number a thousand times in my head. Eighty percent of the women. I'm guessing. My best guess, 80% of the women that I dated were married. Oftentimes, I didn't know they were married off the bat, right? But, you know, I met them at the gym, I met them at the coffee shop, whatever, online. 80% were married. Everyone there messes around. Well, not everyone, but a lot of do. And come 5 o'clock, look, I got to go home, cook dinner, take care of the kids, all that kind of stuff. And it, it was a really eye-opening Thing and but then I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, but they're not divorced, they're like they're, they're actually kicking me out. Yeah, get out of here. I gotta, it's, five, it's five o'clock, get out of here, go back to your place. Huh? Yeah, wow, uh, okay, yeah, you don't want me to, to like do, do a romantic feeling thing, get out of here, I'm done. Yeah, played, it was good. Kim, let's go back up. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I totally dig that, man. You know, the, the it's. You know, f- catching feelings in Japan is a massive, massive no-no all around the board. Just for everyone, you know, catching feelings is not a good idea. You you can you can you can wind up really really hurt, broken, you know, disillusioned as a man by falling for a Japanese woman whom you think is falling for you, but but when you let them know that you're quote unquote falling for them and they laugh at you or just ridicule, you know, completely ridicule your emotion or make you feel like you're in a movie, make you feel like a, a crazy movie character when in re- reality you think they're the movie character. You're the one being real and quote unquote human and they're the ones just completely have no idea how to deal with this emotional stew that you are bringing (laughs) to them that they don't want. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you've concocted this whole toxic emotional attachment with all these weirdo feelings and you know, dreams and, you know, you've invested your, you know, every shred of your being in creating this feeling for this girl and you bring it, you bring it to her, hoping that she's going to take care of it, accept it and reciprocate it. And then you hand it to her and she's like, yo, I don't want this fucking shit. (laughs) You know what? I was looking on YouTube the other day, and they were interviewing. You could search on YouTube, you know, whatnot. They're easy to find. Just uh, uh, they were interviewing Japanese women. Like, what is cheating? Is cheating okay? Um, women on the street in Japan were saying that they estimate 80% of married women mess around. Okay, they, they, which lines up with my number, so I was really happy about that. But they were also saying it's not cheating if you fuck somebody. Going to a love hotel, osobu, 
you're just playing, right? Mm-hmm. When you love hotel, whatever, you're fucking somebody. That's not cheating. They said, well, what is cheating? Cheating is when you when you start when, when you become emotionally connected to someone mm-hmm. and it's a threat of them leaving the when it starts to threaten the relationship of someone when it starts when that threat comes in and that person may end up leaving their primary partner mm-hmm. to go get with that other partner mm-hmm. that's when it's cheating mm-hmm. so so when when that primary relationship becomes threatened then it's cheating mm-hmm. would you say Japan was more sexually permissive or sexually repressive than the United States? Oh, man. I mean, that, that's a no-brainer. Uh, Japan is very open and free about sex. You know, they're, uh, even their TV commercials, you know, they'll, they'll show things on TV that America won't show. They're not, they're not ashamed of the body. The, body, the naked body is not a sinful thing. Sex isn't a sinful pleasure that you know, the, uh, Satan, the devil's going to poke you in the ass in hell about, you know, for you. They, 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 they um, uh, it's just a natural act to them. And, um, uh, and that's why they use the word play. Asobu, you know, Asobu, Mashoka, hey, do you want to go play? You, you tell that to a woman after a couple of drinks, it's implied that that means we're going to go fuck. It's just play. And then afterwards, they're like, hey, that felt good. Hey, well, see again. So it's just like they just—they enjoy their bodies. They enjoy the moment, and um, they don't have all these hangups. But America, very conservative. Uh, people say one thing in this country, like, "Oh, we're liberal," and I'm all about freedom of expression and this and that. And I have tattoos all over my body and piercings everywhere. I'm a rebellious badass. Look at me. I don't conform. But they're very conservative sexually. I completely agree, bro. And I, I think Americans, <laughs> the funny thing is Americans don't think of themselves that way. Americans seem to have some kind of, Americans seem to have some bizarre self-perception that they are, like you said, liberals and that they're so free and so sexually open, so open-minded, so, you know, expressive and experimental but re- in reality, they're not. They're not, you know, compared to other countries and other places, including Japan, like you said. You know, uh, Japan, for example, you know, perfect uh, example, Japanese bathhouses, onsen. You know, the, 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 it's nude. You, everybody's nude. You're all in a hot tub, a, a big hot, you know, water spring hot spring water coming up from the earth and everybody's nude and, you know, nobody's feeling... Uh, ashamed of their bodies and um, you know another thing here's something else that I I find this is kind of an aside but you know I met I, I both met and saw a vastly lower number of Japanese women who had had any kind of plastic surgery body enhancement than every other race on earth I, I i i don't know maybe that's just me maybe i am wrong but no i i noticed that too i mean i think it goes back to the whole roots in nature thing i mean you don't really see a lot of japanese women with even ear piercings for earrings this is what like, i'm saying especially of a certain age this... when they're over 40 like you really don't see any women because they just didn't do it and then you don't see you definitely don't see tattoos 
definitely don't see, you know, a lot of piercing or anything. And if you do, it's kind of like, whoa, she must be an actor or an actress. Yeah, you don't see, you don't see breast enhancement. You don't see Japanese chicks no. with, with, you know, getting boob jobs. You definitely don't see them getting ass jobs. You don't see them getting you know, nose jobs. Every once in a while, you might come across one who's getting her eyes done, you know, getting that eye thing done where they lift the flap up from underneath the eye to to make the eye a little bit bigger. But even that was... Yeah, even that's temporary. Yeah, and, even, and I was going to say, even that is rare. But in terms of, like, body enhancement or any of that stuff, Japanese women don't do it. And man, for me, for my priority my, my preference and, and and what i like that's right up my alley and i didn't recognize that until you know being in japan for a long time i i, I you know i i didn't notice after when i first got there how few japanese women there are with these plastic tits and you know plastic ass and uh you know hair extensions you know hair weaves and um you know whatever else you know um you know fake fingernails even i'll go that far fake fingernails and you know uh just all kinds of they, they don't do that japanese yeah, women them, they don't really do that stuff some of, some of them do some of them do the fake fingernail but they do do they do do something that western women don't do like for example they'll they'll try to color their nipples pink like you know a lot of them are down with the dark pink nipples so they'll get that that nipple color dye or nipple bleach whatever it is and, the, and they'll try to make get, get change the color on their nipples to more pinkish or they'll get a lot of este what they call este well they're like various things like they'll, they'll get permanent hair removal on their armpits or around their face or whatever like They'll, and they'll spend money on, on uh, also like painting their their um, mascara on their eyes, like basically tattooing their eyelids with mascara so that they don't have to do it you know every day. They, they do things like that to make their bodies. Um, I, I guess it's like permanent maintenance of the body, and they want a certain look. They want the whitening skin cream, so they want their skin to be a little whiter. So that's a big commercial on TV. Use this; it'll help lighten your skin. And then the, the stuff they don't really advertise is like the, the nipple, the nipple color change. And hey, the, um, hey, hey, hey! Stuff that they advertise. Hey, nipple in Japanese, chikubi. Yeah, chikubi. <laughs> Dude, my hey, wife. Listen, let me tell you something. I'd say about 60% of the conversation me and my wife have is is centered on her chikubi. I'd say 60% of the things me and my wife talk about revolve around her chikubi, dude. I don't know why. <laughs> I think I know why, Trevor. <laughs> we it's are... Probably because you're the one starting it. We are constantly talking about her chigubi constantly dude it's so weird well, let me tell you well, let me tell you a story this will be entertaining so I'm and, and then and, uh, I'm in Japan right in, in Nagoya so there I am knee deep in, in, in Nagoya and um, I um, invite this lady to shooters this young lady she brings her friend 
say, okay, fine. And I bring one of my friends. So we go to Shooters, four of us, me and my buddy, a couple of Japanese chicks. And um, one of them was married. I didn't even know. And the married one was kind of hot. So, uh, but I wasn't hitting on him. My buddy was hitting on him, on him under the table, rubbing their knees and stuff like that. I didn't even know. He told me afterwards. And I'm talking to this one chick, the one that's single, and I tell her, um, she asks me what I do, and I tell her I'm a shot show, and she gets all impressed and everything. Uh, and then, and, and, and then she, and then I ask her a question. I say, "What's more important to you, money or time? Because you can't have both." And then I explain it. I say, "Listen, if you have a whole bunch of money, you don't have time because you're too busy taking care of your money. If you don't have money, you have all kinds of time. You just go to the gym, hang out, go to the park, whatever." What do you want? Which which one do you want? She says, I want both. And I said, Did you just hear what? what did you just hear what I said? So I'm thinking in the back of my mind, and I nod to my buddy. I say, Boy, what a greedy bitch! So I get online. <laughs> on my, I get online on my. Um, I get online on my on my the, the Google group that was running at the time, Japan Pimp. You could probably it's probably still online. And I'm telling the group all my fuck stories and their conquests and all that stuff. And so I get online late at night and I'm like, hey, I just met this greedy ass bitch at Shooters. She says, you know, she wants all these grandiose things in her life and she wants this and she wants that. What a greedy fucking bitch. I'm going to fuck this late. I'm going to fuck this girl and just forget about her. I'm just going to, I'm going to toss her to the side. And, and, and laughing and we're talking. This is, we're this. laughing and talking shit. I was just gonna say this is this is um, the Jehovah's Witness, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen. Ask me where she is now. Where is she now? Uh, she's in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now we've so, got three kids. So, now we've got three kids and, and and all that stuff. So yeah, she's happy. The uh, greedy been, ass bitch is in the kitchen. I mean, yeah. how did she, how did that happen, bro? Come on, how did that happen? How did it go I, from? You know, listen, I'll tell you. Here, here's the story. You, you, you got to hear this. It's just crazy. So that's just the beginning. And so then after after shooters, right? Uh, I get her number and stuff, and I say, hey, listen, I text, I. I text her back and she was one of them salary women she just you know had her little office job and stuff I said listen come over next Friday to my place at Nakamura Cohen and uh, bring your pajamas and she's like eh pajamas I said yeah you're gonna spend the night oh okay so you just kind of tell them what to do and they, they do it right mm-hmm. and so then she comes over brings her pajamas all that stuff and she's very like surgical about things she like I just want to pull her pants down and like you know put her there on the couch but then she says uh, hey I need to fold up my clothes and I want to wrinkle my clothes so she folds them all, all nice and everything she's all dainty and stuff I'm like wow just anyway so we're doing it and it was like she wasn't that good in the bed at all she just didn't know how to move no passion or anything but her pussy was like the best feeling pussy I ever had on my dick period hands down to this day it just fit like a glove and so I call my mom up and I have these conversations with my mom and I tell my mom hey mom listen I met this girl this and and she's like oh fantastic I'm like listen she has like the best feeling pussy ever on my dick she said 
that's not a reason to marry somebody. And I'm like, I did. And she's in the kitchen. Well, the, um, what happened is, so we get married. But I, like, and, what, uh, what did the other pussies feel like? Were they, like, more rough? Were they not quite as moist? Were they a little bit abrasive? What, what, what? I, you know, uh, it's a big, I mean, I'm estimating I've been with about 100 women in Japan. And, and they're all, everyone's a little bit different. I mean, some of them are shorter or not as deep as others. You know, some of them are a little looser. Some of them, it's just, you know, it's all physiology, right? Um, but it, it's hard to describe. All I can say is, for some reason, like, everything was, was the perfect balance for sensation for my body. Like, the, the moisture, the, the, um, you, you know, the, the tightness, the, the everything. So what and about her? How about your wife? I mean, what? She's not sexual at all. She's not sexual at all. She's about as, uh, she, she, she doesn't like intimacy with it. Say in Japan, skinship. Skinship. She doesn't like exactly. it. She hates skinship. It. Yep. yep. She doesn't like it. She doesn't like kissing. If I try to kiss her, she makes a face like she's drinking a super sour drink <laughs> mixed with Goya and and lemonade. You know, she's like, and I'm like, what are you doing? Can you just like have a normal face where I'm trying to kiss you for once? You know, and it's she's been doing this for like ten years. You know. Why, you know I don't like skinship and God. I'm like, what? Oh, Justin, Justin, Justin. I mean, oh, what, what, what is that experience? Like, you go to kiss your wife because you like her and you want to show her you like her and you think she's pretty or cute or you want to just be a little sexual or a little... And she makes a face like she's drinking poison. Yeah, no, literally, her face, I had to take a video of it. I had my camera running. I put up the Go- GoPro, and I put it in a secret spot. I knew she was in the kitchen, right? I did it a few weeks ago. And I went up to kiss her, and she did the whole reaction thing, <laughs> knowing she wasn't being filmed. If she knew she was being filmed, she probably wouldn't have done that. And she did the whole reaction thing, and I caught it on film, and it was crazy. I was just like, that's what you look like. She's not like, well, I don't like it. I don't like it. Anyway. Yeah, but so how do you get three kids out of that, bro? How do you get three kids out of that? It's all, it, it, she is very mechanical, you know, so she just says, she says, okay, uh, so when I met her, she says, okay, I want you to sign a contract, a promise a contract that says you promised to marry me this much with me, I want two kids, this is that, so we made this contract. And so we And this started, is while we you were dating, you made this contract? Yeah, while we were dating, we made this contract because she knows I was dating two other women at the time. And I told all three women, I'm going to make a decision on who I'm going to marry. And it was all just the interview process. So I was dating all at the, at the same time. And, uh, and and so then what happens is, so we write this contract. I settle on her. And then I, and, and then we, we, I cut the other two off. Then she says, okay, let's start, you know, the, the babies. And she said... You have a long penis, so you can put your sperm deep inside me. That means I'll get pregnant easier. Right. And I was like, that doesn't really have anything to do with 
how easy it is for you to go, oh, but, but okay. You don't think you don't think it that. does? Dude, once you get it inside the, the, the tunnel, it's like, it doesn't matter if, if you get it an inch deeper into the tunnel. Okay. I, I mean, I... Maybe, you know, maybe it does affect uh, the, the, the percent of getting pregnant by a fraction of percent. I don't know. Uh, so we do that, right? She gets pregnant. We have both of our kids in Japan. And then everything just after after the kids, right? Just she doesn't want to be touched. She's done. I hear this a lot from Japanese guys. Um, just sexless marriages and all that stuff. It's totally normal over there. Um, and they just go outside the marriage. So she doesn't want to get, we moved back, we moved to America in uh, 2013. She doesn't want to do it. She's complaining. She's telling me to find a girlfriend, go find a lover, whatever. And I'm like, are you serious? But being in America now, I know that I just can't go mess around without consequence. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Right? The entire playing like, field is completely shifted it's not the same as japan you can't no, you can't no. just go out and find you know um somebody to satisfy you on the side sexually or you know what you can't do that it's a completely the consequences are different the the ramifications are different it's all very different yeah and this is going to blow your viewer your, your listeners mind so i know the difference now between Japanese society and America society, or I know more of the differences. America is a very litigious society. We, we love the legal system that makes all the wheel field turn. Mm-hmm. In Japan, they avoid legal at all costs. Mm-hmm. Like that is a ultimate, ultimate last resort. It, it, you know, you could beat your wife and nothing's going to happen to you. You could leave your kids locked in the car until they die or until they almost die. Nothing's going to happen to you. You can do a lot in Japan. Nothing's going to happen to you legally. You're not going to get sued. You're not going to. It's not going to force you to get a divorce and have to give up 50 percent of your stuff, whatever. Over here, different case. If I'm messing around outside of marriage, anything can happen, right? Like the person I'm messing around with could cause a problem, mm-hmm. right? No mm-hmm. problem. So what I do is I take. We, we go to counseling, right? So we go to a counselor. So I have a paper trail. Say, hey, and I tell the counselor, hey, listen, my wife has these problems with intimacy. She doesn't want to be touched. She doesn't want to kiss. She, just, she doesn't want any of that. So we try to work through that for a few months. And the counselor's like, listen, and we make sure to get a Japanese counselor from Japan, you know, that, that spoke her language and understood her culture. Mm-hmm. So she's still like, listen, I just, I can't do it. I just can't, you know, I just, I'm just not that type of person. I'm not sexual. I just, I don't like it. Um, and so then I say, well, listen, then let me let's change our marriage to an open marriage Mm -hmm. well what's that and so the counselor explains open marriage da 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 we sign we write up a contract we write up a legal document have it signed by lawyers and notarized an official open marriage it's called an asymmetrical open marriage contract asymmetrical in that she doesn't want to fuck around I do she doesn't like sex she doesn't want to be touched I need that physical intimacy. So it allows just me to mess around, not her, because she doesn't want to, right? If she wanted to, then I'd make it symmetrical, but it's not symmetrical. So we sign that by lawyers, get it notarized. I have that contract. And then in America, she's still telling me, look, you have the contract now, why don't you go find somebody? Dude, I can't find anybody. Like, nobody wants to mess around. They're like, 
well, you know, because Amer- you know, Americans are skittish about this stuff. You're married. I'm like, ah, fuck. Well, here's a contract. Oh, shit, this guy's serious. No, no, that's too deep for me. You know, it's like, but, by, you know, trying to solve that problem is, didn't make that contract it didn't make things better in this country people are still really adverse to going outside the marriage here even if there's a legal document that says it's okay and you know open marriage is all the thing right now everyone wants an open marriage how many people have an open marriage with a contract signed by lawyers and notarized that says it's okay nobody has that who put it together did you did you and your wife sit down and and write out the terms of this contract like does it is it specific or or is it unspecific it is extremely specific um and does it we wrote out the terms with the counselor um and she put her terms in the contract she said this is what i want like for example i can't spend any money on the relationship um um it, it um um, the uh, the person, if I'm messing with somebody, they cannot know the identity of anyone in my family. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like these are all her her identity or anything. These are all conditions she drew up, and uh, we put it into the contract. That is unbelievable, bro. That that's just that's. But I think that that's in a way wonderful, as long as your wife can deal with 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 its reality as long as your wife can deal with the possibility that you are going to exercise your rights that have been granted to you under this contract and go find somebody and just you know do your thing i mean what wh- you know why not if she's still willing to you know maintain her position as your wife and she's not you know willing or able or desirous to to your sexual standard or your needs for affection, you know, but, you know, she, she doesn't want you to break up the marriage or she obviously doesn't want the marriage to, to, to break up. So she's kind of allowed for a contract to exist that allows you to go out and satisfy yourself sexually. I mean, sexually, that, that's it. And those are all conditions in the contract. I can't divorce. I can't leave. I got to come home every day. No overnight trips. All this kind of stuff. And um, it's it's interesting because I you know I got really excited when the contract was signed and everything and notarized and lawyers reviewed it. I was like, finally, you know, I'm, I can I can go outside the marriage in America and not worry about consequences. And brother. I tried, literally, I got this contract done in 2015, and brother, I tried since 2000, between 2015 to like 2018, I couldn't find anybody, nobody wanted to mess with me, and I've never had to exercise it, so it's just, it's still stealing kisses from her when she's in the kitchen with her little sour face and grabbing on her, her ass and grabbing on her tits now and then, and once in a while, you know, uh, uh, I'll, I'll coerce her into having some sex, and she comes in like this. Shogun, I, I, you know, oh, it's too bad. I have to do it. Oh, it can't be helped. Whatever. Oh my but, you God. Know, like, she gets off. She likes it. She has all her orgasms, all that stuff. And uh, and then if business is done, and then it's like, don't touch her for a number of weeks. Well, you know, after that. Listen, we're going to have to um, go into that into the next episode. We only got a few seconds here. Um, 
Man, that's just incredible, you know. And my experience with my wife sometimes, it ain't too different. We're we're talking about Japanese women, sex with and without them. <laughs> and this is nothing specific. I'm Trevor David Houch and been talking to my man Japan Pimp. Uh, we're gonna get back into this. <laughs> 